Page 33. Love never fails. We've, we've gone through this great, you know, we, we, we've talked about, I hope to have a little review time on, on Wednesday night. It'll be close, but we've all read 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 through 8, and even on down, and said, well, that's nice. That's real nice. That took five minutes. Let's move on. We've taken a whole quarter on agape love. And I know it's like any like several teachers in this room. Who always learns the most in a class? The teacher. Always the teacher. And this has been really good for me, probably 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 more uh, uh, even than you. But I hope it's been a, a benefit. I hear uh, get a lot of good feedback on the material. Um, <clears throat> love never fails. You know, we've gone through love is patient. And we'll hit that again on Wednesday night. Love is kind. It's not proud. It, it's not rude. And, you know, all these things. And that's, and that's absolutely true. Love never fails. Um, I'm going to drop down just a little bit to point number three. But then I'm going to go back up in a minute. Here, in the original Greek word for fail um, uh, is used to describe the death of a flower as it falls to the ground, or it withers, or it decays. I mean, in the overall overarching idea, it's the word of death. The idea is death. Love never dies. Uh, it, it, it doesn't get old. The, the flower never withers. It never falls to the ground. It never decays. That's what this, this agape love is all about. It never fails. It never stops. It doesn't get old. It doesn't. Um, governments fail. We've got a failing government right now. It has been going on for a while, and who knows what the end of that's going to be. Your money will run out. Ooh, that's a, that's a new flash. Uh, no, it will. Marriages can and far too often fail. Our health will fail at some point. We have young people whose health is failing. Uh, old people whose health is failing, but your health's going to fail. Love never fails. Love never fails. It's not in your notes, but there's a... Uh, on 9-11, you know, I forget the number, 350 or 450 firefighters lost their lives. Um, they went into the building knowing that building probably is going to fall, but they go in anyway. And that's what um, policemen and firemen and military people do. They go toward the problem, not away from the problem, like maybe some of us might want to do at times. There was a, there was a uh, fireman, his name was Lee Elpi, I-E-L-P-I, in New York. His son was also um, a fireman. The building fell on his son, along with a lot of other fire, fire people. Fire. And they found his body exactly three months to the day after, as they were digging, his father led that search. Um, and he found his own son. And he carried him out. Um, we can all put faces on this, can't we? Uh, the love for his son was greater than the pain of the search. 
Love never fails. Love never fails. Did Christ's love for us ever fail? No. Will it, will it ever fail? <coughs> it's never the case. His love for His children is greater than the pain of His journey. Was it a painful journey in a lot of ways, physically? Well, emotionally too, really, when you think about it. Very painful, wasn't it? Could he have said at some point, I'm pulling the plug on you folks. I've had about enough of you all. Number one, I came and you, you stuck me in this little uh, stall. There wasn't any, your father had, had so little pull, he couldn't even get us in the hotel. And you treated me, you know, can you imagine what his, and his father, who was a carpenter, he wasn't the uh, CEO of a big company, he was a carpenter. So Jesus was a carpenter. Can you imagine um, God who's taking orders from this carpenter? Son, you need to make sure you do it this way and all that. He could have said, I'm, I'm done with you folks. Um, people, yes sir. Just real quick. Yeah. Somebody said last week that, that was Norma said that Jesus so many times wanted to take Jerusalem and wrap him around like a hen does her chicks. The the idea there is he could have done that and they would have known who he was but they didn't see it either that's right that's a good point now having said all of that we could go deep, even deeper into that yeah. people ridiculed him they made fun of him they, <coughs> they slapped him they spit on you know all these things he, he, he could have said bye bye you're on your own he didn't now Work with me now, Luke 7.47. We call it the 7.47 principle. Luke 7, good way to remember it, and verse 47. We remember, we remember the story there of, of Simon and the prostitute. Which one appreciated, understood the love of Christ and which one didn't? Didn't the streetwalker appreciate him and understand what great love he had showed to her? And what did the uh, what did the Pharisee? How, how did he view it? Why are you associating with this woman? What's your problem with this lady here? You know I'm the I'm the big dog here, right? He didn't appreciate the love of Christ and what all this agape love, this selfless love, like the firefighter, like we all have for our children. Um, Luke seven forty seven says what, in your own words, in the that principle, and we can we we can apply it to all of these. The reason we need to be more patient is because why? He's been more patient with us than we'll ever be with anybody else. Kindness, Luke seven forty seven, the principle what. We show kindness. He has showed more kindness to us than we'll ever show to anyone else. But does he expect us to be patient and show kindness to people? Now, are people easy to get along with? <laughs> Not very. Some are. You got a few Kimberleys in the world who are easy to get along with. Most of us are not. We're not. He said, You better do it. Remember, I did it for you. Envy, proud, rude, selfish, and we, we've got a little star. Remember, that's at the root of a lot of these problems. 
We're selfish. We can be. Love is not irritable. Love, love keeps no records. We, we, we have this little ledge in our minds. Sometimes we keep records of things. Agape love says you don't keep records. You're, you're not accountants. We don't keep records. Does he keep records of us? Does he grace and mercy? No, he doesn't. Um, bears all things, believe all. We, we, went, we went through all of that last week. This is We could have spent two or three weeks on this right here. We didn't. But love never fails. Love never fails. Now, here's the idea, one of the ideas at least. How do we visualize God? Now, I'm going I'm to I'm listen a minute. How do we visualize our Father and Jesus? How do we, what, what kind of mental picture do you have of Him? Got a visor? Sleeves, you know, got that little sleeve thing there with his, with his uh, ledger? I saw you. I've been waiting for you anyway. Uh, Chad, one for Chad. <laughs> you better watch it. Is that, is that the mental picture we have? What about the man with an iron hand? I will slap you sideways at the first problem. Is, is, is that the picture of God we have? Well, sometimes we, we might. Uh, is that an accurate picture? Now, can, does he have a side to him? We see that in the Old Testament where he will. He will, Chad. Sorry. Yeah, and the old images of God... Like we're hanging by a string over a fire, and God's got the scissors. Yeah. He's just waiting to cut us into the fire, and that is not at all no. what He is. Uh, no, that's true. <laughs> on the other hand, we're not a puppet on a string either. Jump, buddy! Jump, 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 jump. Uh, we we're free moral agents. He said, "If you want to make that choice, you're a big boy, you're a big girl. You can do that." But there is going to be a price to pay for that down the road. But I'm not going to. I'm not. You're not a puppet on a string, Mike. Just my, my image, if you're asking of image, yeah. is God in the Old Testament and looking at Job. Um, to bring it to the New Testament, He looks to us through Jesus Christ, His Son in His blood, but He knows who we are. We're His children, and He looks at us, and He's a Father. And right. I look at that, and, and He says, "Do you consider my servant? This is who serves me." And that's what I want to be, the servant. I want to serve God. Right. Because he, he deserves it. Where does that come from? It comes from this. It comes from... That's right. Understanding... Where does it spring from? Obviously, yeah. Oh, uh, out of our, my heart. Of the heart. Yeah, it's my heart. It's, it's, and that's Selfishness like, gets in the way? Yes, it does. Yes, it can. But it's like our kids do things that we're, we knew were not right. We do the same. But our God forgives us. Good point, uh, Jason. You know, another vision that's really good to just get in your mind is, you know, with the, the prodigal son, God is the father that he's just always there. He's always there with his arms open waiting. And as soon as the prodigal son comes back, what does he do? Here's my finest gold ring. Here's my finest robe. Here's my fatted calf. He, he wants to give us all the greatest blessings that we can have. Yeah. But... We need to be that prodigal son that chooses to go to him. When he saw him coming, that's in what Luke 15, I think. Um, what what did he do? You're going to come groveling back to me. 
In fact, I'm sitting there on the porch. I'm not moving a muscle till 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 you come up and you apologize. What did he do? He ran to him from afar off. Now he didn't run after him. You know, he said, "I want my money. I'm going to go live and ride as living." And some of us have been there before. Uh, but when you come home, I'll meet you. Good point. Well, how do we get this? Stuff. How do we get this? Oh, I'm sorry, Janelle. No, Lucia. 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 <laughs> okay. I have a I have a question for you, sorry. Because this, you know, we're saying Old Testament and how you look at God and is He just waiting for this? Let me tell you where I struggle, and I, I really need everyone's help on this. I look at Acts chapter five about Ananias and mm-hmm. Sapphira. Out. Right. Okay, that's that's where I struggle because that's New Testament. Right. It is. That's a good point. Um, and, and we don't know, the, no one knows the mind of God but God. And we don't know, the church is early in its process. People are wondering, you know, what is this Christianity all about? We don't know how long those two had been greedy, how long they had been doing all of these things. We, we don't know that. We won't know it on this earth. <clears throat> But what was the reaction of the church as a result of Acts 5? What was the reaction? Well, it got their attention for sure. They grew. The church grew. (laughs) But but I I, I hear you, and I know exactly what you're saying, or I think I do. But we, we don't know a lot of those things, but the reaction was that the church grew big time. Because they saw, this is somebody you don't trifle with. Uh, God and, and you know, God's also not Santa Claus. You know, we got all these qualities. That's a very good, very good question. Very good point. He, he's not some jolly old man eating apple pie, uh, <laughs> taking a nap every day at two. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> uh, you can do that when you get retired. When you're working, you wish you could take a nap at two. Um, but so he's not anybody to be trifled with. Had they been trifling with him? Previously, my gut feeling is they had. Don't know that, but uh, but one thing we know for sure: what God does is always right. But but the reaction was was fantastic on the good of the church, and and it's like a little baby. The church was just starting to uh, starting to grow. But some of that we just don't know. But I hear you. That's a very valid question or a statement. He knows our hearts. He does. He, he absolutely does. Um, Holly. My thought also with that is that um, it was a, a time when God, you know, dealt differently with them. You know, we, they didn't have the Bible and they, you know, they had, you know, prophesying and, and things that we don't have now. And so he was dealing differently then than he deals with us now. Yeah, uh, because let's, that's that's a valid point too. If um, if he struck people dead today that lied, mm. well, you, that's your population control. <laughs> there wouldn't be many walking around. But his grace and mercy, he, he doesn't do that for whatever his reasons were. They were right, but but. 2,000 years later, looking back, it does look severe. It does. Yes, sir. 
Another thing with Ananias and Sapphira is that they actually sinned toward God. Most of the sins that we do are toward the individual or toward ourselves or you know, along those lines. But they actually, you know, they, they knew who Jesus was and they seen all the things that were going on at the time. But they still sinned toward God himself saying, you know, we're going we're gonna to do this so that, you know, the people of God think we're better even though, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it was a sin toward the church. Uh, that, that's a great point because, in fact, what did Peter say? He said, you haven't lied to me. You've lied to the Holy Spirit. That's serious business. Yeah, that's that's a great point. It's a really, really good point. Questions or comments on, on anything else along those lines? That that, that was very good, uh, Beverly. Um, could you explain a little bit on our accountability when we pass away? You know, they all you say God does not keep uh, uh, right. record, but if you go and you say, in the, you know, there's some saying that, right. well, he'll say, well, you know, I forgave, but you refused to forgive. Okay, no, that, that, that's a good point. Yeah, I think it's Revelation 20 or 21, 20, I believe, where it says at the end, a book was opened, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the, the, the uh, book of uh, life, where names are written. I think, to me at least, uh, the books would be the folks that lived under the Old Testament before Jesus came, that book's going to be open. And you're going to be held accountable for all that you knew at, under that situation. Those of you, us, another book's going to be opened. We live basically under the New Testament. And we're going to be held accountable for that. And we are expected to do and not do certain things. So, in a sense, he keeps track—he keeps track of us. I mean, obviously, he does. But in the book of James, where it says um, he doesn't, um, when you when you come to the Father, he doesn't cast it back at you into the into the teeth. Remember, we talked about that, James. Uh, the idea being. You've already asked for that once now, Beverly. Don't be coming back and asking again. God doesn't do that. When He forgives, He what? It, he, for, he forgets. We, we have a tough time forgetting, don't we? Yeah. You know, I still remember stuff, you know, when I was in the military and all you know, the kind of stuff that I was doing then. God forgave me that a long time ago. But in my mind, some of that's still there. He forgives us much easier than we forgive ourselves. Uh, he, he really he really does. He doesn't keep you know. In First John one, it says that that um, I'm paraphrasing a touch here, but as we continually repent and ask for forgiveness, what does His blood continually do? Washes, Washes it away. So when we come back to Him, and you say, "Well, you know, I messed up. I did that again." It's almost like God would say, "Did what again?" I already forgave that. He forgives and forgets. You see that? This is we we could spend a long time on this, but it's a very good question. So I don't mean he doesn't. But he said we have to give account for every idle word that we have. So we're going to give account. We are, 
But if we continually repent, He continually forgives us. And in that sense, He doesn't keep records. Because that's gone. That's gone. Rebecca. So, this is something that we have in common here in Hoshia. Uh, I grew up in a congregation that was very small, and all of the preaching I heard my entire upbringing was fire and brimstone. And I grew up very much right. scared of God sure. um, because of his ability to snap his fingers and end people who do wrong. Um, and I've struggled so much through my early adult years here to really accept that grace and mercy are what what the bulk of that comes down to. Uh, so one of my favorite little sections here, and bear with me, I'm just going to read a few verses. Sure. Hebrews 4, okay. uh, and starting in verse 12. And I start in verse 12 because it shows the, the sharp edge yep. followed by the grace that makes it all better. So starting in verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And this is what Beverly was saying. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And if you stop there, that's terrifying. Right. <laughs> but if you keep going, and of course Hebrews is the book all about how Jesus is better. the better way. He is the answer. Uh, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every aspect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And this is this is the one that I cling to anytime I'm feeling inadequate or like there's no way that you can possibly succeed. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Yep. And that's the thing. Uh, Hebrews 4 is a wonderful chapter. If yeah. you don't, if you don't look for that grace and accept that grace and mercy, God is utterly terrifying. Why did Jesus not pull the plug like we first started off? Because he came to he was tempted just like we are. And he sits he sits at the right hand of God and what is he doing for us there? He's he's he is he resting? Well he's probably resting but he's continuously making intercession, mediating for you and me. Sometimes we, we pray, we don't quite know what to pray for. He does. He does. And it's almost like he's he's whispering in God's ear. You know, Jason's got this issue here. This is what this is what he means. These are the deep groanings that maybe he doesn't understand, but I understand it. I live there too. It's a beautiful picture. Hebrews 4. I love Hebrews 4. One of my very favorite chapters. Now somebody else will bring up another. Oh, that's one of my favorite chapters. <laughs> what are you talking about? One of my favorites. But, uh, Hebrews 4 is one of my favorites. Jason. No, no, I'm sorry. I thought I saw another hand. Uh, Chris, uh, Bruce. Um, I think it's important to look at this in today's term because I think today we see love as an attribute of people. And I think people, people will fail at times. But that doesn't mean that love fails. Because I think we... We look at our relationships with people, and those people are supposed to, to love us, and that's the, the relationship we look at with love. But it's important to realize that people will fail at times. We all do. Well, they will. And it, is it easier to love people who love you in return? 
What do you more than others? Anybody can do that. The tough part is when they don't. Well, what what did Jesus say to do? First Corinthians 13, God do it, do it anyway. That's hard. Now we gotta be honest about it all. That's hard to do. Now, let me ask you. We've looked at all, we spent a, a three months on all of this. How do we get Is it a dose of medicine? Can we take a pill? Uh, take, take, take a dose of medicine and get that? No. Physical therapy. Physical therapy? Is it intuitive? Really, think about it now. That's not as easy a question as it sounds. Is it intuitive to be this way? No. Probably not. Probably not. Is it something that we're born with and that we naturally have? I don't think so. We just have to study, study the, the Word in the chapter and study everything that you've given us and listen to your yeah. voice inside of our head. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know about my voice, but somebody. <laughs> Is it something we learn? Yes. Ooh, uh, yes. Working. Practice. Practice. Pray for it. Work at it. Pray for it. Is it a choice or is it, oh, it's a choice. This is a choice. Can you choose to do these things and learn them? Yes. Can, will we learn them as good as Jesus who did these perfectly? No. Can we be better at these things? You better be better. Mitch? Yes, we can. Yes, ma'am. I was just going to say, uh, write it on the tablet of your heart. That's, I think that's a Bible verse. It like, is. It sounds it familiar is. to me. It is. <laughs> um, how do we do that? How do we do that? Just so some of these things we were just saying here. Internalize it. Meditate. You internalize it. Meditate. You meditate. Uh, there's a concept. How many people, you don't have to show your hands, but I probably got a pretty good idea. How many people meditate daily on God's Word? That's what I thought. Not very many. <laughs> and sometimes my hand would not be up either. We, we, we just hustle and bustle and run and, and, uh, and just do all these things and, and God expects it. we got jobs. We, we, we've got responsibilities. He knows that. But sometimes you turn stuff off and you, if it's five minutes, if it's ten minutes, find a happy place and, and just think for a little bit. Is that easy to do? Well, that's not always easy to do either. And you've got to turn the noise off in your head. It may be quiet in your room, but, but your head's still spinning. Uh, yes, sir. I think uh, it's important to remember that um, you think of love as an emotion, as something that kind of just happens to us. But love is actually, if you look up, at least in the English dictionary, love is actually a verb. It's an action that you take. So, and just like with um, any other action that you do, it requires practice and it requires um, training in order so that you always take that action as opposed to taking another another kind of action. That's a really good point, Luchi. I'm coming. One of the things we have to internalize and write on the tablets of our heart, do all these things we talked about, is our model is Jesus. 
He was perfect in all of these. He has forgiven us so much. He is patient with us so much. He is not rude at all. You know, all these things, once we can internalize that, we can be better with others in each of these areas, can't we? That's, some, that's kind of what this is all, how we started on day one and kind of how we're finishing. Lucia? Something else I wanted to bring up with the meditating on God's Word. You know, another thing I think for all of us to remember is to uh, speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And mm -hmm. one thing that we can all do today is, you know, the songbook that we have, it, like Scott has given me gifts of, um, see, you know, those Florida College CDs and mm -hmm. those songs, um, you know, one thing that we can do in our families is get the songbook and listen to, listen to a song and share it with your children and share it with your husband because a husband and wife are also a brother and sister and to encourage each other with spiritual songs. That, that's a great point. Uh, <laughs> if there's any virtue and if there's any praise, what? Think on these things. And he, you remember, and you go back up a few verses. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are, you know, fill in the blank. Think on these things. Meditate on these things. And, and if that works at your house, I think it's wonderful. Think on these things. I will tell you, it works other than poor Selena on a Saturday morning said, It's 9 a.m., Mom. I heard that Here We Come to Worship song blaring through my room. <laughs> I said, 9 a.m. time to get up and praise Jesus. What do we listen to? No, it's great. What do we listen to when we get up in the morning, uh, particularly on a, on, a, on a Lord's Day? What do we listen to in the, in the, uh, on the radio? Ho, 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 and all. That's fine. I like Christmas music too. But we have Florida College CDs in our in our radio. We listen to that all the way. You've got to get in the you know get in the spirit of these things. What's everything's pure? What's everything's lovely? Think on these things. We, we we think about too much other stuff, and it's hard not to focus where we should. Now, that's easier said than done too. Trust me. Uh, it's hard for me to turn off '60s music. <laughs> that's classic music. They talk about Brahms and I, that, ah. it's the '60s music. It's the classic. It always will be. Sorry, you got to be a certain age to get that mic. You understand? These young people are all really. So what gets me about the Bible, and especially about Paul's writing, is he wrote this. Later, he would say, "Imitate me," because he he's trying to do this. But later, he would say. Right. I haven't attained it yet. I'm still working on it. Mm -hmm. He's old man about to die, and he says, I'm still working on these things. These things are important, and I'm still working on them because I haven't grasped them yet. So keep on going. Keep if he didn't going. have it yet, then what about us? We, have we, we arrived? We ain't going to get it either. We're going to just keep working on it. Working, working, yeah. working. Mm -hmm. And if you think you've conquered it, and you fall back, you're still working on it. Someone, no, thank you, that's right. Somebody read James 4, verse 17. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. <coughs> to him that knows to do good, and doesn't do it, to him it is sin. Now, we know now, don't we, that this is something we've got to do, got to work on. What if we don't? Sin. It's sin. 
To him that knows to do good does not do it to him that sin. We know what is good. Now, how are we going to implement that? It's a choice, isn't it? It's a choice. This is all a choice. You can choose to do it, or you can choose not to do it. And that old guy didn't know what he was talking about. That may be true, that part of it. Um, it's a choice. What are we spending our time doing, thinking, listening to? It's a choice. Uh, Jason, the second yep. bell rung yet? No. no. Okay. You know, we, we just talked about how it, we'll never quite master it, but we always want to strive to improve and get better. And, and you know, one of the things that we teach our kids is when they do something wrong, they need to go say they're sorry, or we have them say a prayer, or whatever it is. You know, it's one thing to go, man, I should have done better at that. Okay, I'll try better next time. It's another thing to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation and go to someone and say, I'm sorry I was rude to you. Yeah. I'm sorry I was selfish in that conversation. And what that does, that embeds in us. I'm not going to do that again because that's even more humiliating Painful. going to someone and saying, I'm sorry I did that, but also going to God and repenting of it. When we have that exercise of making a choice up front and striving to focus on making a decision up front, and also on the flip side of it, when we don't do what's right, apologizing, repenting, we can't help but grow. Yeah, that's true. We'll quit with this, and it's on the bottom page 34. We'll touch on it, but I want you to be thinking about this before Wednesday night. Now, Galatians 5, what, what's one of the, we go to Galatians 5, what's one of the first things we think of? Oh, that's that list of, ooh, we don't want to do all that stuff. Well, other stuff said there too. And then he goes on to say, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and you know, all of that. Okay, when you think of fruit, where do you get fruit from? Oh. A tree. A fruit tree. Very good, Lisa. Very good. We are an orchard, if you will. Think about that. Get, visualize this in your mind. It says, don't do all these things now, and there's some bad, bad things. But instead... The fruit of the Spirit is love and, and peace and gentle, you know, all of that. Um, think of that as like an orchard. We're in God's orchard. Orchards bear fruit, don't they? So if it helps you to get these mental pictures, it does me. That's how I learn a lot of cases. Then we are, we are the orchard of God. We're expected to bear fruit. Jesus said, I'm the vine and you are the branches. He's the vine, we're the branches. Who bears the fruit? Branches. The branches do. Where do the branches get their nourishment? From the vine. So when you think about that, we, 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 we're basically an orchard expecting to bear fruit, lots of things, but certainly this. And then he goes on to say, now, we can't say we didn't know this now, can we? We can't say, well, I didn't know all that. God says, oh, remember that class you were in? You know it now, sister. Then we better do it. Him that knows to do good doesn't do it to him that sin. James 4, verse 17. Perfect. Appreciate all your good comments this morning. We'll finish on Wednesday evening.